we're sitting here recording this on on Sunday. Um, this last this past Monday, uh, there was a very tragic incident that happened within uh, the city. Um, a guy driving a rental van uh, caused some chaos and he ran over and killed uh, ten people. Uh, in the north part of the city, around Young and Finch, Young and Shepherd, um, he as well injured 15 others. Uh, so it, it's been a very kind of tough week for the city uh, altogether. It's kind of a kind of an emotional topic to to talk about and to think about. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear about incidents like this in London, New York City. You know, not all the time, but far too often in terms of uh, people, you know, driving through, you know, the city with a van, you know, it's pretty, not innocent, innocent's probably not the right word to use it, but it's just stuff that you don't think about or think you have to worry about, especially even in Toronto and in that part of the city too, North York, being so far up, it's not exactly, it's busy but it's not exactly a location where you have to kind of worry about you know ever having to keep your guard up and you know taking notice of your surroundings yeah and i think part of the reason why i, I kind of this is our second take of trying to start this episode I, I i actually don't quite know how to start talking about something like this this is a very serious matter a very serious topic i know we have our fun yeah, on this podcast, and it's it's kept at a light kind of light level, very humorous level. Um, this is like a, a really tough thing thing to think about. And well, what's crazy because you live just south of where that van stop actually, yeah, just south of it. Yeah, because uh, and you yourself, you know, work around that area now. Yeah, now that you, you know, you're in a bit of an open situation in terms of where you get to work. Yeah, it it was kind of, the way it started out was, I saw it on Twitter, and you know how, you know, we all, we both know the drivers in the GTA, how bad they could be, and I'm thinking, okay, well, some pedestrians got hit, well, I mean, that, that, unfortunate as it is, that, that shit happens every day in the city, drivers being careless or pedestrians being careless, whichever, whichever uh, is happening, and then as the details unfolded, like, shit, this is, this is more than just a normal, like, pedestrian lost control, or a driver lost control situation, like, this is, this is bad, like, and then your head starts to kind of think about the possibilities, like, is this, is this terrorism, like, is this, is this ISIS, like, what? Yeah, because what was it, like, the initial report came in with Young and Finch, that's where the event started, and then next thing you know, there were news triggers coming in. I guess people in the Mel Aspen Square side, which is just south about midway between Finch and Shepherd. So it's not even probably about a kilometer, mm-hmm. kilometer and a half difference, right? Just south of where it first started, they're mm-hmm. saying like, oh, another incident. And you're like thinking, oh, for me, my reaction or my thinking was like, crap. First off, like my brother-in-law and his girlfriend lives just right underneath of where you know, the initial incident happened. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shit, okay. First reactions, message them to see if they're, they're both work. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that they weren't, you know, at home that day. Yeah. So luckily they weren't. Um, 
but then you hear about the second location, which mm-hmm. was Melaska Square, and you're like, yeah. shit, this is like a planned attack, like two things happening, mm-hmm. and it turned out it was just this one driver driving all the way down on the yeah. curb. But, uh, yeah, like you said, like, you don't know if it was like, fuck, is it like ISIS? Because these stuff seems to be, you know, where it all comes down to, like, but it turned out it wasn't. So, yeah, and, and just to think about the prox- the proximity of it really didn't kind of hit home until, like, later on when I realized, you know, I'm here. I was actually out earlier in the day. I went out to grab a coffee at the corner. I went out to, like, uh, the mall, uh, Young and Shepherd. Then I went home to, to work for the rest of the day. And I'm hearing about this. And, you know, I, I went and messaged you guys and told you guys about it. Then I was jumping on this, like, this webinar, like, um, later in the day, um, or actually just right after the events took place. And then my mom called me like, cause she probably saw it on the news or whatever, but I didn't answer cause yeah. I was on a webinar. Yeah. So I kind of kept her in suspense there. I'm sure she appreciated that. Um, but I, 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 um, I called her back and told her like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not hurt or anything. I wasn't out at the yeah. time, but the crazy shit is like, I was, I was at home craving poke for lunch. So I was going to go out to that poke restaurant where the suspect got arrested, where the van stopped and the suspect got arrested. Lucky I decided to stay home and eat kale and spinach. Yeah. My my, my cheapness kind of overrode and kind of saved my life in more than one way, yeah. right? And I guess the kale and the spinach will prolong my life, but uh, well, that's what that decision to, to begin with anyway. Yeah. And I get that decision kind of save me from seeing some of the drama that, that unfolded or, or getting hurt. Yeah, man. You know, I remember, yeah, I was just at work. Then I started telling like a couple of my coworkers I actually live in that area as well. And they were surprised and they're like, Oh, what the heck's going on? Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like way later on in the day when more information was coming through yeah. and turned out it wasn't, you know, a terrorist attack. And I don't know if it's a good thing or or a bad thing. There's, you know, pro and con, right? Like, sadly, people still die, but luckily it's not, you know, an ISIS thing. Because yeah. can you imagine if it is, then racism and all that would kind of pop up, especially in a city like ours. Yeah. Uh, where there's a lot of, like, practicing, like, Muslim and Islamic kind of, you know, people. That's, that's always kind of the first thing that you worry about, like... You worry about the victims. You like a lot of the times, it, and we'll get to the kind of the suspect later. A lot of the times, you look at the suspect, you see they're pretty much acting as a lone wolf. Yeah. Um, they might have affiliation to a certain faith. Um, they might look a certain way, affiliation to a certain race, and then the next thing that you worry about beyond the victims is the backlash against the innocent bystanders in that community. Yeah. Uh, who have to kind of deal with. Um, the outrage of the public, people who don't necessarily understand. Like you have Muslim women walking out in hijab um, after some of these incidents that have happened, they get attacked all the time because um, I guess that's what some people jump to those conclusions about an entire community. Uh, In this circumstance, it didn't apply. Uh, Again, we'll get to kind of the community behind this suspect kind of later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of a relief that we didn't really have to brace ourselves or prepare for more than one attack going down on that day. Yeah. 
it's still kind of unsettling though that um i mean it's a vehicle like there's there's hundreds of thousands of these things you know millions or whatever on the road all the time at any given point any of these things can be turned into a weapon yeah um, and there's really no way to safeguard yourself against it um there's certain design considerations the city could consider but I don't know if it's proven that you can do this everywhere. You can't, it's, it's not possible. Yeah. Right. Like you can design the streets, you know, put lots of like street, like furniture and bollards. Yeah. But do you want to live barriers. in, do you want to live in a society based on fear, right? The whole idea of having to put a pole on every single, what, like three, three feet or six yeah. feet just to stop an occurrence like this. It yeah. seems like a overreaction right away. I mean, certain parts of society are built like this. I mean, um, when I, when I look back to our, even our trips to Europe, I don't know if you remember, uh, the streets of Amsterdam. Remember, I think you, those, those big main streets where it's like a pedestrian walkway, you yeah. see those, those ballers that move up and down. Yeah. Um, the automatic ones that, you know, truck can't drive through that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have areas that are designed with lots of street furniture or whatever to try and block. Um, I mean, it's designed with dual purpose, yeah. right? It's um, it's somewhat of a preventative measure. And I listened to the city's former chief planner, Jennifer Keysmat, on um, a bunch of morning shows this last week, um, talking about it. It seems like something that the city can consider and will consider now. Yeah. Uh, in in high density, uh, high traffic areas. Uh, I don't know how much they could do. I really don't. You can't. You can't stop this because everyone. You talk about gun control. People <laughs> need to like register their guns. Like vehicles are registered. Yeah. Like you can't stop a situation like this because unless you know we, we spoke about you know we touched briefly on you know like a big brother state like having like CCTV everywhere, face facial recognition mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Do you want to live in that? kind of situation and I think that's probably one of those topics that is going to start gaining a lot more steam in terms of people wanting to talk about it like even in mainstream culture like um, you know Captain America Winter Soldier they talked about they touched on this too mm -hmm. so it's like do you want to give up you know your freedom to do whatever you want and allow the government to do it? even though you might do something like this it doesn't guarantee that Stuff's yeah. not going to happen anyway. There's no guarantee. I mean... Because most of the time you hear about people saying like FBI or like uh, the RCMP coming yeah. out and saying, you know what? Yeah, they we we knew about this guy's internet activities, mm -hmm. but so what? Like the guy still pulled it off. Like, yeah. Because they can't go, and go into action right away, right? Yeah, they can't. I mean, I don't know exact letter of the law, but just because the guy's on internet... Doing they stuff, they, they, stuff. Yeah. they can't just like book you. Yeah, I think you know, in certain circumstances, I would have been in jail for some of the <laughs> things that I Google about. Just learn, trying to you know, research it and, and yeah, learn about it. But I mean, it's. I think it's just you gotta be aware. A lot of people nowadays have their cell phones out yeah. and they have like uh, headphones on and they're mm -hmm. walking. I'm not saying in this situation it's their, their fault, but mm -hmm. if you were say, you know. Any anything that you can do to make you more aware of your surroundings, mm -hmm. to give you a better chance of knowing what's happening around you. If you need to dodge or if you yeah. need to jump out of the way, or you know, brace yourself in terms of like yeah. even if you know you're gonna get clipped or get hit, 
than just being able to brace yourself or put yourself in the best chance of survival. I mean, it's yeah. in a in a case like this, the car might be coming yeah. at you at like what sixty kilometers yeah. an hour, eighty kilometers an hour. Yeah. There's no way of doing anything. It's, yeah, but at the same time, you know, like. I'm not saying that these guys are at fault, but I'm just saying like mm-hmm. there's some stuff that we can all do to kind of make ourselves yeah. a little bit more aware. Good, and good way to backtrack there. I was, no, about, no, no, I was no. about to go at you for victim blaming. No, I'm not victim yeah. blaming on yeah. this one, but I'm just saying like for me, like I, I commuted before mm-hmm. to work and this is something that I do notice too. Like you want to be aware, like if I'm waiting on a subway platform, yeah. I try and not stand close to, because you don't yeah. know who's going to come up to you yeah. and they can be psychologically, you know, mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. They could just push you just because something snapped in, in their brain. Yeah. And it gives you, it gives them the opportunity versus like if you eliminate or for myself, if I eliminate the chance of that happening, mm-hmm. then that's something, I mean, it's not going to guarantee to save your life or get you out of trouble, but yeah. It's, it's just like that video where the suspect came out and then he pulled out his cell phone yeah. and you see like three pedestrian in the back yeah. and they look at him and they're still staring at him like, what are well, you guys doing? Like, yeah. run. Get, get Dude, out of the, the way. The cop has his gun drawn and this is like clearly you, a standoff. Like, yeah. you got to get the fuck away. You, you're there. You see the van all crumpled up in the corner. You see a suspect. You hear the guy yelling, I have a gun. Yeah. Well, that's not the time to take a casual stroll out there. Yeah, I think people are very desensitized and people are, are in their own world. Like, mm-hmm. the, and the point that you raised was, I think, mean, uh, with the number of pedestrian injuries and fatalities going on, like, people aren't preparing themselves for being out on the road with, you know, these huge moving pieces of metal that can just, like, destroy a pedestrian or a cyclist right away. I and mean, you're out there with your headphones on or you're staring at your cell phone. There's things that you can do to kind of prepare yourself to cross the street. Yeah. Like if you, you might look at a car and, and think that it's not going to stop. I'm not going to, I'm not going to step in, out into the road. Um, in this circumstance, I mean, there's really not a lot that people could have done, especially yeah. with the rate that car was moving. Yeah. Um, some people freeze like a deer in the headlights, mm-hmm. right? Like, what are you going to do at that point? Um, yeah, it's just utter carnage and utter chaos and. I was driving through the neighborhood um, yesterday. I went out to the grocery store. They've restored a lot of the stuff there. Like, you can almost not tell that something happened there. Yeah. Like, business as usual. Yeah. Um, people, uh, they allow traffic and pedestrians to, to walk through. Uh, I drove by a number of makeshift memorials that were um, set up on the street. Um, I think when you think about the, the public reaction, um, at the time stuff was happening and I'm, I'm sure, um, there's some videos that have been circulating around. There's pictures actually that are circulating around on Twitter, like people from their office tower, people from the street taking pictures, like people are, are were, were there taking pictures of like obviously dead bodies, mm-hmm. like people were dead. Um, people, people taking videos of like dead bodies and stuff. Like I have mixed feelings about kind of the way people handle that situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're, when you're in that situation, like a lot of people, you know, after the fact are saying, Oh, I would have gone in and done this. I would have gone in and done that. Um, most people are not good in those panic situations. Realistically, you can't in that situation. Most of the time there's already like four or five other people hovering over that. You know, over the victims, right? Yeah. 
or over the bodies mm-hmm. of the victim already. So, yeah, a mixed feeling is probably the best way to describe it in terms, because again, maybe it's because it's close mm-hmm. to home mm-hmm. and, it, and it's in Toronto and you kind of expect, you know, a level of respect mm-hmm. or like civility mm-hmm. in terms of how you deal with a situation like this. But does it change the fact that it's almost like, you know, photographers that are taking mm-hmm. pictures of war zones where yeah. bodies are littered on the ground. Yeah. It's like, why aren't these guys, why, why isn't he there to help? Yeah. Just because that's his profession and that's his, that's what he's there to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, right? Like at one, in one perspective, it's mm-hmm. good because mm-hmm. we have social media, we can see things right away mm-hmm. and we get the truth. Sometimes yeah. it's raw. And in this situation, it's the yeah. raw truth where, yeah. you know what, there's dead bodies, there's, there's casualty, there's nothing, there's no way around it. You can't yeah. sugarcoat it. Yeah, we get it. Like it's, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of the pictures. I mean, I didn't go online specifically mm-hmm. looking for it. Like if it comes up on TV or if someone sends it and then like I catch a glimpse of it, then that's it. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is it's like, they're not, you know, it's, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way around it. It sucks for especially the victim's family. Yeah, seeing what went down. But you know what? Like, with a, not closure, but maybe the family doesn't want to see it. But at the same time, it's like shit. This is what their bio, what their son or their yeah. daughter, you know, whatever the relations is. I I don't know. Like, I can't fault them completely because sometimes it is just the way that this, you know, like the these times are yeah. like everyone has a cell phone everyone's yeah. recording stuff everyone wants to be like the first one on it and sometimes they might not even realize yeah. what they did yeah because it's just like almost like a natural instinct in terms of yeah. oh shit shit's going down let me take a video of it yeah. right now everyone wants to share their story right mm-hmm. and now they, we have all the tools to share our story um and you can even live broadcast like you can just mm-hmm. go on facebook and broadcast that thing live you don't even have to like wait and upload it and have some time to like think you know should i do this you're doing it right live in the moment and there is no kind of filter this shit is not just toronto based it's mm-hmm. probably happened it's probably yeah. happened to those like florida school shootings yeah. like those kids for sure yeah we're probably snapchatting and doing a lot of instagram mm-hmm. story or whatever right um i mean again it's just because we're we have in Toronto mm-hmm. and that's why we're we're yeah. so focused on it. Yeah. But I'm sure you can find all a situation where there's people that's gonna do it. I mean, all week we're hearing about, you know, the things that people did to help, you know, comforting uh, some of the victims, which I mean in that situation I don't I don't even like I I honestly say I don't even know if I would have the, the balls to just sit there with someone who's mangled. Like I don't know if I could psychologically handle it. There's a lot of people who sprung into action to kind of help out. There's people who just ran to the police station around the corner and got help. Yeah. Lines were jammed. So, I mean, people who tried to call 911, some people weren't having a whole lot of success. People who ran and got, like, you know, medical supplies and towels and all that stuff from, like, local businesses. Um, People did spring into action. Um, I don't, again, I agree with you. I don't know if I could fully blame the people who are recording it um, and, and taking pictures. I know sometimes it looks like it's in bad taste. Um, but you can't expect that human instinct part to kind of go away. There's people who would be utterly useless in that situation. Yeah. Um, and they, at least they did something to kind of preserve what happened. Yeah. Uh, I know it's, I'm not making a very convincing argument in their favor, but 
they did I I think those people did what they could have done. Yeah, I mean it's it gives you an idea of what it was mm-hmm. like they're documenting it, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a role in this, but just because they did this way, yeah. you can't sh- you know crap on them for it. You know what? Part of us were on the news on websites, mm-hmm. you know, hoping to get more information, and this yeah. is actually one of the things that gives us more information. Yeah, it, it, so it brought some reality to the situation because the news is not going to show anything like that for sure. Like it brought, it made the situation real. Or I know sometimes the news is not the most accurate and trustworthy source. Like this is as accurate as it gets. Do we live in a very like our society and our time? We're lucky to not have to deal with like a lot of sickness. Like we don't have to see it in person, right? Everything's kind of done. You know, like if you want to see sick people, avoid the hospital, avoid yeah. the doctors. If you want to see death and stuff, you know, you avoid those stuff. Sometimes this is this is how it is. Like you know the. Unfortunate truth is people die, and you know when situation like this happen, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a fairy tale. Like not everyone's gonna come out of it, and mm-hmm. it's, that's unfortunate. And that's where I think a lot of people think yeah. if you don't see it, then I guess you don't mm-hmm. feel as you know devastated in a sense because you don't see the actual death of the body. Because yeah. when you see a dead body, that's kind of you know completely limp. Mm-hmm. You know that's yeah. a dead body, and it's yeah. not a good sight to yeah. see. Absolutely, like, like, make no mistake. The people who got run over and dragged by that van, they were mangled, like, totally destroyed body. Mm-hmm. Like, that's as real as it's gonna get for most of these people who were there on the scene. Like, yeah. And anyone who's viewing that picture, you're probably not gonna see anything like that unless you go looking for it your entire life. Hell, like, you don't even know. Like, they could be blacked out in that situation. Like, yeah. if they're recording it. If you ask them to recall the event, the situation, yeah. they might not be able to re- like you know recall exactly all the detail. Versus yeah. like if they recorded it, it's, yeah. that's black and white. This is where the body was. This is what happened over here. Yeah. You know there is some good to it, but you know again, it's maybe we just don't find it as tasteful because you know it happened here. It happened here, yeah. and they're dead bodies. But when we open the newspaper in the world section, you know if there's like landslides or of like mm-hmm. in India of like the whole building collapse in a factory yeah. there's bodies everywhere yeah like you know what and we're still seeing it but mm-hmm. because we're so far away from it we feel yeah. like it's you know it doesn't affect yeah. us we're desensitized to it yeah like and I think a lot of people are very desensitized to all that situation because you see it in the movies all the time it doesn't seem real to you yeah and I don't know whether it seemed real to these people in the moment like I, I can say that if it happened in front of me, I, I don't I wouldn't know whether I was dreaming or whether I was actually conscious. Dude, I'd be pretty fucking scared just yeah. seeing a body like a lifeless yeah. body. Like, like me seeing a rope kill, I'm kind of like, oh shit, that yeah. thing is, you know, just the lifelessness of mm-hmm. of something that was alive maybe a couple minutes ago. Yeah, can get you. So, but that's that's just gonna be how it is, and it's moving forward. It's gonna be, you know, how we get the news, and sometimes it's. It's raw, it's unedited, yeah. and, you know... I guess a lot of that is exactly how we get the news, because after any kind of tragedy or any kind of event, you see, uh, check these Twitter feed of these people who are posting the videos, the arrest video, some of the aerial shots from the buildings mm-hmm. um, around uh, where the incident happened, and you see in the Twitter thread all these news outlets being like, hey, so-and-so... Yeah. Can I get in touch with you so I can get this video? Yeah. Like, I don't know whether people were doing it for profit. 
I, I don't know. They knew no news outlets were going to reach out to them and ask them for the video or for the, for the photos. The CP24 is going to ask you if there's crashes or whatever on the <laughs> 401 or yeah. an accident to send it in. Yeah. So these stuff, they also ask for like, oh, if you have an yeah. awesome, nice picture during the weekend, it's nice weather, you know, send it in, they'll show yeah. it too. So it's like both ways, right? So, yeah. but you know what? It, it happened, you know, for me, part of me says, that's just the truth, and sometimes it's it's easier for us to pretend that we don't see it, mm-hmm. and when we read it, it's not as real versus us seeing something real, and you can kind of I you know see yourself because I was there, you know, on the regular anyway, so you can look, that could have been us, yeah, easily, right? So easily, like when I think about how close it was, I, I think. There, there's a chance it could have been me. I know I, I interviewed to work at Invesco, which is like right there. Yeah. And that one lady who died who worked at, at Invesco, I interviewed to work there a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like I could have been there at that given time. Um, again, lucky that I wasn't. And I mean, at, at any point, it could happen to me anywhere. Like it, it doesn't matter. I don't right? think like, we ever mentioned the fact that the first time we ever recorded our, our podcast, some shit went down in your neighborhood as well yeah. as I was leaving your your residence. Yeah. And it was just like, I pulled out to like Young and Shepard mm-hmm. and there were all these cop cars like basically guns out and then you see a car crashed on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I'm kind of, yeah, in a way desensitized even yeah. though that time it wasn't, yeah. there wasn't any guns or something, but yeah. someone could easily die because that car ran onto the driveway, yeah. not drive it, the sidewalk yeah. and then a couple of the suspects was on foot running yeah. and producer Nick actually yeah. saw one of the suspect running for yeah. his life. And you know, he, he messaged later on and said, yeah. oh, someone was running like crazy. Yep. And but I, I don't think we mentioned it last time. We didn't mention it. I was in lockdown after that moment. Like I locked all my doors. Yeah. Um, I didn't go out at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, again, it, it kind of hits close to home. That's a very dense area. There are a lot of people that live in there. Not all of them are good. Yeah. Right. There's some shady shit that happens there, just like any other neighborhood. Like that part of of the city is like a mini downtown. Yeah. Like when you're driving from like Lawrence, um, you're heading north on Young Street, and you're driving on the top of that hill. You look up at the skyline from North York. That looks like a downtown. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of density in that area. Um, they they wanted to actually redesign the street. To make it like, because right now it's a it's three lanes in either direction. It's like a six lane highway. People are driving through there yeah. at like crazy speed. There's not a lot of room for pedestrians to walk and enjoy it. There's no bike lanes or anything. They wanted to kind of redesign it to make it more pedestrian and, and bike friendly. Make it feel like a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, it's kind of ironic, and and our friend did mention that during the week uh, during the chat is like they just wanted to redesign that neighborhood. It, that just flopped two two weeks ago, and now that incident happened. Yeah, right there is causing people now to reconsider. What do we do with this neighborhood? Uh, it's unfortunate that in order to bring the neighborhood together as a community, this tragedy had to happen. But now I think that they're going to start to think about the redesign of this this whole stretch of Young Street more seriously in wake of this tragedy. Yeah, there's going to be. Yeah, whenever I'm over at my brother-in-law's place, like at nighttime, you mm-hmm. you hear all these cars. It's like they're drag racing down mm-hmm. down that stretch there. So even 
if it wasn't for a situation like this, mm -hmm. this is more one of the worser end of it. Mm -hmm. People could be easily, you know, run over because yeah. sometimes you have to walk quite a distance to get to another light just across yeah. the street. And I, on like multiple occasions, would just jaywalk it across, yeah. right? But um, hopefully, some good will come out of it. Yeah, and you could already see the response um, from some of the people. There's people who came and came and brought food for the first responders and some of the victims, the victim's family, or just handing out like food to um, like whoever's just standing by. Um, the response by the community, uh, by politicians, um, people outside the community. You have communities coming together. And I think one thing that we didn't kind of mention was the first responders. I know we have a, a friend who, who works in one of the hospitals that um, was where most of the victims were sent. Yeah, and she works in the ER, so she was yeah. fr front line. I have actually, yeah, my cousin's mm -hmm. like a medic there, so he's mm -hmm. one of the you know medics that was on, on the scene. Yeah. So those are tough jobs and especially tougher when when you're trained to have days like this, but mm -hmm. you hope that it never happens. I, I agree. And, and I guess I, I actually just remembered like yesterday when I saw, you know, that individual make that, that post on, on uh, social media. And I just remembered, clicked in my head. Oh yeah, this person works there. Fuck. Like I never even like kind of checked in to see how this person was doing. Like I, I totally blanked on it. Yeah. That must be some of the hardest times to actually, be in that profession. I think they know why they they joined that profession in the first place. Yeah. Um, but it still doesn't make it any easier to face this kind of challenge and see the heavy emotion and the seriousness around that whole incident. Well, you're seeing like young, younger individuals mm -hmm. being in there because you know, like as a a nurse or a medic, sometimes mm -hmm. your calls, you're getting called. It's you know just an old like a senior that you know might have had you know a stroke or something. Mm -hmm. It's more natural mm -hmm. uh, deaths, and you're just there to kind of clean, clean it up, mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Versus like in this one, it's just like you're seeing like a young person that had their entire life ahead of them, right? Yeah. Or they have a family, yeah. Like that lady that you mentioned to Invesco that yeah had died. Like you know, who knows what her story is right yeah. now? You know, if she had kids or she had family. Yeah, there was a, a single mother that yeah. got killed. So like, I mean, a lot of these. Um, like nurses are trained in university to kind of have a disconnection to to the patients, right? It's kind of hard to do it. I can't imagine to, you know, live in a, or working in a situation where you can't be empathetic or sympathetic to like people that you see, mm -hmm. especially in a state that they are in. And like sometimes like if I meet someone, even on say like a Kijiji deal or something, mm -hmm. you know, I... You know, I, I kind of get into a mindset like, oh, you know, why are they buying this? You know, hopefully, you know, it's, you know, it's to their advantage if they buy this thing and they use it mm -hmm. and it helps whatever they're doing. Um, but for them, like, it sounds like it is pretty tough, especially as a nurse. You, you see a lot more as a medic. It seems like they, like my cousins told me, like, mul on multiple occasions, like, different, like, stories on mm -hmm. what he's walked in on. It's just, yeah. like, it's crazy. Some, some of the stuff that he's already seen, mm -hmm. like, it never gets reported on the news. Yeah. So like a lot of like uh, postpartum, uh, you know, depression. Mm -hmm. where you have like mothers killing their newborn, mm -hmm. and he's actually had a couple cases on those. And I'm like, crap! I don't even know how you can do deal with it. And sometimes it's I don't know if it's because he's been trained to do 
to kind of disconnect himself and it sounds a little bit nonchalant but you know they got to do whatever allows them to keep their sanity right yeah it takes so much mental toughness and sometimes you know, i walk around thinking i'm so tough whatever <laughs> no i'm, I'm, no I'm, way, in, I'm in i'm in the workplace and you know, thinking stuff. i'm gonna get this thing done i'm gonna tell this person what's up i'm gonna get whatever <laughs> done i think about that as toughness then i think about the work that the first responders are doing uh, the nurses in the hospital having to see all of that bloodshed, all of those twisted up bodies. And I think about, damn, I'm not tough at all. What they're doing has real mental toughness. Yeah, they, what they do actually has consequences, mm-hmm. right? What we do, I don't know, for me, yeah. like, I'm an accountant, right? Yeah. So uh, the worst days are just office politics. Yeah. But the worst days for them is like, you know, shit. I, I go thinking like, okay, if I don't get this shit done, is, someone, is anyone going to die from it? No. Mm-hmm. But if they don't do something on time or if they don't make the right decision, someone's dead. And, yeah. you know, do they have to live with the idea or like the thoughts of like thinking like, oh, I could have done this better and this wouldn't have happened. I yeah. know like surgeons have to do that, like write post like reports, like mm-hmm. if something's gone wrong so like they can learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, can you imagine having to do that? I, I don't know if I can do it. That's why I'm not a doctor yeah, or a that, nurse. <laughs> that's, that's why I sit in front of a desk all day. I sit in front of a computer all day and yeah. do what I do. I have tremendous respect for everything that the first responders do. Like my my mom was a nurse, so I grew up kind of knowing and respecting all the work that that they do. And I guess that respect still continues. Um, even even when I think about police and I know police are very polarizing um, uh, organization within society I think about the way that uh, that police officer responded to that situation yeah um, being the first on the scene of the uh, the van where it ended up and then his control in arresting that suspect that's an example of being excelling under pressure that's an example of being tough yeah there's yeah, you've seen people crack under that pressure where, you know, it's it's fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's easy to fight when yeah. you have a gun on you, right? Right. You're the first one to draw. You already have it drawn. And, you know, you can unload a clip on them and you're home free. But I, I haven't read too much into that one because, yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of it's good on him. And I know the social media is kind of singing the praise on him. Yeah. Which is, you know. He, he deserves it yeah. in this situation. They're hyping off, up a lot, and he, from what I can tell, um, he's a humble guy. So yeah. right there in that situation, he, he, I mean, he again, you said he could have just shot that guy right away, and no one would have blamed him. Yeah. Like, after what that guy did, consciously did, um, but he didn't. Like, it was important for him to arrest this suspect alive. He could tell the suspect wasn't an immediate threat. Yeah. He assessed the situation and responded accordingly. But, like, listening to his, um, I think his union head or whatever on the radio, uh, he said that as soon as the job was done, he had to, like, take that suspect into the station or whatever. Mm-hmm. That guy was still saying, okay, what can I do now? What can I do next to help? Yeah, I don't want to sit here. Doing... rush must have been insane. Yeah. Like, if he was to recall on a spot, if it wasn't recorded. Yeah. Again, a pro thing is, like, we have video recorded yeah. to see it, right? And... 
that way he can recall it too because a lot of situation when you're rushing like that you mm -hmm. basically run it on your basic training yeah and assessing the situation right mm -hmm. but good good for him the i think we'll touch on the community you know i feel like this is a very heavy heavy episode yeah so you want to kind of switch gears a yeah. bit into into the insult what's uh in involuntary celibacy so just for a little bit of context so the uh, suspect um part of his motivation behind this attack um he had been part of this uh online community um referring to incel involuntary celibacy that's i guess you have like an explanation for what that really is all about, like in, in a sentence or two. Yeah. Um, this isn't new. It's just came back up again. Um, uh, mm -hmm. it's basically a lot of men. I feel like in the modern times right now are feeling the rejection, uh, inability to, or feel getting accepted by, by a female. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they get into a, not a depression or they kind of, put a lot of blame on, on the female until mm -hmm. the blame becomes hate. It's not, you know, they've done everything that they've done to mm -hmm. try and, you know, better themselves. And this is one of the extreme cases of what happens, you know, like they get to get so mad that they take it out on other people, right? Yeah. And I think, um, again, I think they, they have a lot of exploration into what exactly he was involved in. Not a lot of details are out yet, but they know that he is visited some of these sites and contributed to this community in some, in some way, shape or form. Um, again, it, it's, it's kind of a scary thing because you think about it, you know, I'm, I'm a single guy, I'm out there doing whatever. It, it really doesn't occur to me that there's, there's people that are so upset out there like this. And I think this is kind of a, a reality, uh, a wake up call. Saying there's people that out there that are really struggling mentally. Yeah. I think this boils down to kind of a mental disorder almost, right? Like, yeah. I mean, these people are expecting if they go and ask someone out mm -hmm. that they'll get reciprocated, right? Like, yeah. hello. But it doesn't work that way. And I've, and you know, back in the days of clubbing, when we used to go clubbing, yeah. heck, we'll try and like, dance up on girls, get rejected after a couple of rejection. You're like, yeah. shit, this fucking sucks. You know, you get kind of like, you know, some, you know, people would blame the girls, like yeah. don't Toronto girls. So friggin' uptight. Yeah. You know, there are a bunch of like uptight bitches that just want to go eat pizza. after <laughs> yeah. dancing. They just, why even go to a club? If you don't want to get danced up on. Why go to a club so you can dance in a circle with, with your girls? Yeah. Like, what's a, the point? Like, that's like a micro version of what this whole, Community is. But I think you, you look at that example, and I guess I'm no stranger to anything like that. I guess you aren't, you aren't either. Um, you look at that example, and you look at guys like us. Like, I mean, we're not bad-looking bad guys, right? And we're, we're mostly normal <laughs> people, right? Like, we, we function in society. Yeah. Like, we accept the fact that... That girls have a choice, you know, freedom to choose. Yeah. You know, just I'm, because we ask, we don't, you know, it doesn't mean we should get what we get. Maybe it's part of, like, our upbringing, right? Yeah. Like, our parents probably be like, hey, you can't get this. You know, there's a reason why. 
maybe that's part of it. Maybe we can't we can't blame. Those are all hypothetical situations. Like yeah. when we're talking about, you know, we're just predicting, right? And but, I can't I can't pretend to understand the struggle of some of these guys. Um, some of them might have some serious self esteem issues and psychological issues. It might be different than you or me or whoever else that are going out there and, and testing testing the market and trying to talk to girls um, and trying to see you know where we can get. It, it might be completely different, right? But I mean, even I mean, we all face rejection, right? Like maybe not you. You're you're I'm you're, you're happily happily married, right? <laughs> but even for me, like I face rejection. I've been on both sides of that, like yeah, both sides of that table, right? Um, it's never been a point where I'm like, fuck all women. Like women are like scumbags or whatever. Yeah. And, and I've never had those, those thoughts about violence. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go towards violence. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine like, you know, even if you're not rejected 100% of the mm-hmm. time, but yeah. like if you have that kind of thinking, right. Yeah. You expect, even if a you know, one girl decides mm-hmm. to go out with you and mm-hmm. get to know you. And then it's just like, if there's stuff that's a little off mm-hmm. that, you know, they're not going to go and continuously see you. There's, yeah. there's an issue with, with that, right? Like go yeah. and maybe you got to deal with some of your own issues before mm-hmm. you, you can expect to go out and see other people. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they can get violent either way. Yeah. Like maybe the guy wasn't rejected all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, he said, well, he got rejected like 2000 times or something like that. But it's, like, you can't, yeah, it's hard to dive into what their mentality is. I, I can't even start yeah. to think, like, what would trigger me to get to a point where I want to kill other people, right? Yeah, and I think talking about it online is one thing. Actually doing it is another. Yeah. Like, the scale of what, what this guy did just because he got rejected, like... I wonder if, like, the long, online community have, like, say, like, a subreddit or something mm-hmm. like that if other people are encouraging shit like this, like the violence, right? Like the internet brings a lot of people together, mm-hmm. good and bad. Like, yeah. obviously like you're going to have people in the insult community, yeah. like, you know, saying like, this isn't what we believe in. This isn't what yeah. we, we think. Right. Like, but then I bet you there's pockets within that group or yeah. subculture. That's kind of like, you know what? Good on him. You know, he did what he had to do. Yeah. He, so that's kind of like fucked up. And people right. are basically incurred probably got some encouragement to do it right yeah because there's so many people on on the planet yeah he's not the only one that's ever thought about it he's the only and actually he's not the only one that ever carried it out because yeah. like a couple of years ago there was that shooting yeah and it's the same idea the guy basically went and posted on youtube or something like you know i hate all women they reject me now i'm gonna freaking you know bring the pain yeah so it's even weird to think about like that whole community as a standalone community like I think about it sort of like the Nazis, right? You've got your good Nazis, like, hey, we're Nazis, but that shit's crazy. We don't do that. So yeah. we're not defending violence. We just hate all Jews or something. Yeah. Right? Um, and then you, you, you have uh, also, you have, yeah, like the situation that happened in like Charlottesville with all those like neo-Nazi protesters or whatever, like that community, you have people in the neo-Nazi community coming out and saying, Hey, we don't believe in this. We just hate people of like all nationality and stuff. Like I, I kind of equate that situation to this. 
you're in that community online, which breeds toxic masculinity yeah, and a sense of entitlement. I think you being part of that community also, um, you, you also shoulder some of the blame behind some of this. Yeah. There's, to your point about like, the Nazi, I feel like a lot of people throw throw out that term, like, the Nazis, just because it's by far the most evil group that you can, that yeah. ever existed in, in the history of, like, uh, recorded history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like, conservatives, there's, like, a range of it. Uh, but in this case, yeah, with insult, there is a range of it as well, too, right? It's just, like, people that are just voicing their frustration, yeah. just, like, kind of given you know, like, uh, their point of view or their experience. Mm-hmm. There's people that are, that's their involvement in the community versus there's ones that are very proactive, like administrators or whatever that are like, you know, promoting more hatred towards females, right? Like putting the blame on them and not putting the blame on, you know, not accepting the blame on themselves kind of stuff. Yeah. I think the whole thing is, is weird to think about. I don't, think I'll ever really look in to see what these people's mind is, is all about. Yeah. It's just, I don't think I could actually go there. It does work on both sides though. When you think about it, the whole thing about masculinity, you also have these online forums about like pickup artists. Yeah. All of those things that is really, it's so masculine driven and so kind of weird to think about these communities but the thing is like pickup artists are not throwing the blame on the woman they're basically trying to mind fuck the woman and <laughs> hack in this case like hack the biology yeah. of women like the brain biology like how uh, a woman would think mm-hmm. and they're going around it and you know hacking it and then manipulating them that's pretty much what it is. There's different ways, like different groups are finding ways to, you know, pick up girls or, you know, use girls or something like that. All, all of that is actually going to be under the radar, under the microscope right now. Because when you think about the online communities, all of those are going to be, valid or not, all those are going to be linked right now. Dude, everything. Right? It's like the internet is good and bad, right? Like it brings this yeah. group together. An extreme case yeah. would be bringing ISIS together. And this is yeah. what creates ISIS, right? Like they're able to coordinate or so-called, you know, coordinate, you know, attacks. They just claim that, you know, whenever they could, they'll just claim an attack, right? Um, again, do we shut down the internet? Is that, is that a solution? That's not a solution. Like, I know they've already shut down a lot of these forums where these incel uh, people have congregated. There's no way to monitor it long term but is shutting down the online form really going to help get rid of the or to stop people from thinking this way because really it's a mental thing it's the way people are thinking it's not having the the avenue to share their thoughts on it because yeah. people will find a way if you shut it this one thing down people will find another way or they'll rename mm-hmm. it or whatever there's no way to really stop it from happening there's so many like outcomes in, in these situations like and so Again, like wide range, right? Like, in this, for us, Toronto, like this insult went in and killed other people. And mm-hmm. In other cases, like insult can end up just killing themselves. Yeah. Like, again, it is a mental thing, right? 
or it's the way you think and there's different ways of dealing with it some people go down the route of like uh pickup artists and some other people might go down the route of like there's also this subculture of like no fat mm -hmm. like in case if you don't know what fapping is it's like fapping's jerking off they blame like uh, a lot of situations where if a as a guy if you're having trouble with ladies it's because of the porn industry and yeah. not media where we have access to so much porn that a lot yeah. of guys are just jerking off all day mm -hmm. and they equate jerking off to like loss of dr drive like motivation and like when you jerk off you kind of like lose some of that I don't know like hormones uh, or in that case they say like once you stop jerking off it's like you, you get you feel more confident about yourself and yeah. that confidence shows and then you know other girls are like women would kind of see that you're more confident in yourself and that's one way of like all these other people might deal with not being able to get girls and you you, you read about it again yeah. it's like very extreme right? like there's a lot it's he's not the only one that's having trouble with girls it's just like your approach how do you deal with it yeah and this certainly isn't going to help um, <laughs> um yeah i think when you think about all these circumstances like the guy who was on the radio, it wasn't the same guy, but the guy who got rejected 1,000 times in person yeah. and 2,000 times online. And he was really just feeling f so frustrated about it and thinking that he's ugly, he has no social skills, which might be true, yeah. right? But I'm walking out there in, in society, I'm seeing a lot of ugly dudes with like <laughs> some hot girls, right? You know what the number one way to cure that is? Money. Yeah. Just fucking make money. <laughs> money will put those rose-colored glasses on that girl. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, not true. Just a joke. Yeah. Uh, in some circumstances, it is definitely true. Yeah. But in, in most circumstances, it probably isn't. Um, yeah. I, I just think it, people struggle, of course. Um, but it, it is what you make make of it like getting rejected all all those times i'm sure it might possibly be an exaggeration mm -hmm. to get rejected a thousand times in person and maybe it's time maybe it's time to get a little bit like look at yourself and look at you know what are the things that you could do better yes yeah. practice makes perfect and you know i think they say what you need how many hours of practice to perfect a skill is it 10,000 10, uh, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 yeah. hours to be a per, to be like a perfectionist on on craft yeah, so they're like almost there. They get rejected three thousand times. Like think about like, you know, a minute per rejection or two minutes per rejection. They're almost they're almost there. So to be lighthearted yeah. in a way. <laughs> you know, it's like those uh memes with Indian guys that has like send these uh messages to, to girls like yeah. show me your 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 boobs or yeah. <laughs> something like in their broken English. Yeah. It's I imagine sometimes some of these guys that get rejected are pretty much doing what that doing that, right? I wouldn't put it against them. Yeah. Some people are just out there trolling the internet, they'll make it as a joke, but other people that's you know, some people might think that's how you go and pick up girls. Because it's you know, unless you interact with people, mm -hmm. you know there's all these people with like mentally the way they think is not the same as how, you know, we think, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we think we're average people and even different regions within Toronto, like the way they think is like when we look at them, we're like, that's fucked up thinking. Yeah. So I think part of this whole mentality is the whole obsession with society around sex, right? Like the way boys are brought up or the way young men are brought up is like, 
you're not having sex, you're not cool, right? Yeah. Like, people are out, and, and a lot of the times, people aren't realizing that, especially, like, you're in high school or whatever, like, most of your peers are not having sex. Yeah. But, you know, you're a shy guy, you have acne or whatever, you're a nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, you're thinking that you're the only one that's not getting any action. Yeah. When, when, in reality, like, in high school, probably most people aren't getting any action at all. Yeah. It's all about, like, you know people probably boasting and, and saying that they're doing stuff that they're not actually doing. Um, but then you start to breed resentment. If you don't, if you start to beat yourself up early, then you start to carry on. You start to actually believe that you're, you know, you're, you're less than all these other people out there. Yeah. Um, and then that, that kind of mentality, you, it sticks with you for like your entire like adult life or part of your adult life when you're thinking, Hey, everyone's out there like getting action and I'm, I'm over here getting nothing. I'm getting rejected constantly. So I think a lot of the hate, it's not just only at women. Also the hate is directed towards the successful guys. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think the the approach would be also like start to study those successful guys. What are those guys doing right? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's just a certain extent. Ugly is ugly, right? You can't, (laughs) you can't change ugly. Yeah. I mean, the way you are, dude, fuck, everyone's just got to age, right? Yeah. The whole, the physical attributes good, it puts you, it gives you an upper hand for mm-hmm. sure. But hell, like, you fucking see, for girls, like, sometimes you can meet a girl that's freaking crazy attractive, but yeah. you talk to them and they're fucking, there's nothing, there's no substance to it, yeah. and you're like, fuck, you can't get a hard on, it's fine. Yeah. Maybe you'll, <laughs> you'll have sex with her a couple of times, but mm-hmm. you don't want to be fucking... Living with someone like that, right? But I even think that's what some of these guys even want. Like, they just want that, that, they just want that action, right? Yeah, sure. Sex is a big thing, though, like, for, for, you know, those guys, especially if they're not getting any. Yeah, and they, and they feel like everyone else is, like, just getting constant action all the time. Yeah. Right? They feel like they're the only ones that are not, that are not engaging in that. And to a certain, some, some extent, that's probably not true. But there's a lot of people that don't go to those extremes to like join that community or whatever. Yeah, the reality's kind of you know warped for a lot of people. It, it it comes down to a sense of entitlement, right? Like I know that these days men probably think that there's a war against men right now. The whole Me Too movement, <laughs> to a certain degree, they're probably right. I don't want to kind of jump into that argument yeah. kind of get, get, my, get myself in trouble well we fucking beat that horse to the ground yeah. anyways yeah. in the past they got they got Bill Cosby they got him yeah <laughs> dude's just still strolling out he has money to make bail yeah. so who knows if he's gonna go into prison and serve out his sentence well he's hit with three counts he definitely won't be seeing the end of that sentence though so you're telling me we shouldn't expect his Netflix special to come out you Live from jail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never got his his humor just because, well, I'm not black, first of all, and during the time, dude, there's a lot of, like, a black Did he? element to it, right? But at the same time, he was famous, or he was popular back mm-hmm. in the 90s, or late 80s, 90s, yeah. and I was too young to get into that. It's just yeah. like being into Seinfeld. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I will never be able to get into it. It's a different style of comedy back then than it is now. Yeah, but. so it's just... For me, if I don't see him at all for the rest of my life, yeah. it's not lost on me in that sense. Yeah, I think we might get into it at another point, probably once he gets his sentence. 
yeah. um, put down. We probably will t- touch on it a bit. And we went off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah. Just thinking about that sense of entitlement that, that guys sometimes have. You know, obviously, you know, when I'm talking to some of these girls and I'm trying to find out, you know, why are you acting the way you're acting? Like, yeah. it's kind of like a little bit of a subtle dance between, like, me and this girl or whatever to figure out, like, why are you responding the way you're responding? Why are you mentally in that space that you're in? Trying to understand. Sometimes I find out they had a really bad experience. Yeah. Like, the guy that they were interacting with before multiple times just, like, flip out on them. Yeah. They had a sense of entitlement. Oh, I'm entitled to, like, you know, sleep with this girl. I'm entitled to, you know, touch this girl, whatever. Yeah. Like, even... You know, I'm entitled to like get that response. Like I'm texting this girl, why is she responding? Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out on this girl. Like, dude, chill the fuck out. That's not a normal way to act, right? Yeah. Like, but I think the way that society kind of portrays the male female relationship yeah. is that you know, there's handsome guys out there, like girls are fawning over them. Yeah. Whatever, like, Come you, on, you, let's be honest here. Like, if you're a good looking dude, you can probably get away with a lot more shit than an average or not so attractive guy, right? Like, yeah. You can be a complete asshole, and you know what? Most of the girls would probably still be freaking chatting with you and trying to figure it out just because, yeah. dude, let's not beat around the bush. Like, physical attraction is a big part of it too it is a it is a huge part of it like it's it's a part that you can't get you can't get away from yeah. like you can't if, if you're not attracted to them physically this is just me talking here I can't speak for anyone else if you're not attracted to them physically you can't get over it right yeah like it's not something that I can get over so uh, I guess a lot of people do feel the same way but the sense of entitlement that some people have is just kind of kind of ridiculous like I'm expecting this this girl to respond like, even if she don't respond for a couple in in my, in my view, even if she doesn't respond for a couple of days, like so what, right? She's busy, she's doing other shit. But I had this girl tell me, um, she told me, oh, because um, we were messaging on this this app, yeah, and she's like, oh, what, when did you message me? Like I said, Dude, I was, what, what? it timestamps. So I said, okay, I message you at uh, whatever whatever time. She's yeah. like. Oh, this app is acting kind of funny, mm-hmm. like because I don't get, I didn't get the message until now. So yeah. she had an excuse for everything, yeah. right? And I, I don't really care unless she messaged back. And then I said, you know, you know, there's a good opportunity to trade numbers. Like, you know, here's my number. If, yeah. you, if the app doesn't work, I was like, yes, <laughs> right? But then, you know, I said, I don't, I don't care when you message back. And she's like, well, I'm glad you're not like that because some guys just like flip out on me because I don't, I can't message back. Yeah, right. But I, th- I feel like that, that is, in, the, in a sense, that one little story kind of sums up how some guys think about their relationship or their interactions with, with women, their potential partners, potential mates. Like, they're just crazy entitled to that person's time. Dude, it's like the highs and lows, man. When you get, like, a message, that, like, for those guys, <laughs> probably, like, so fucking excited. Yeah. And then if you don't message back, and they're like, oh, what the fuck? And they get, like, super low about yeah. it, right? So I can certainly understand, um, but you have to be a mental stable person, right? You have to kind of, you have to be cool with yourself. So you have to be okay with being alone. Like the whole thing is that if you're not cool or you're not comfortable in your own skin, 
how are you going to work in a relationship with someone else? It's, it's not going to work. Like, even if all you're looking for is, like, a sexual relationship, right? That person's not going to want to get into bed with you, man. Like, if you're acting all crazy and shit. I, mean, yeah. I know some, some people like crazy in the sheets, but that's a whole different circumstance. Yeah, dude, it doesn't, it doesn't help when you see, like, these uh, 50 Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. And you have, like, all these girls reading it, and you have people saying, this is the best seller. All girls yeah. like to be treated this way. And these guys probably reading up that shit. So it's like, how do I become, you know, what's what's his name? Miss Christian Gray. As my wife walks by, <laughs> clearly she read that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we can go on for forever on this. But I feel like just because where we live, where we are, it was a hard topic to bring up and yeah. to record. Especially since, like, what Andrew said earlier on in the podcast, we're, we like to keep things lighthearted. So, uh, hopefully, yeah. these have come far and few in between. Yeah, and I think we want to keep things lighthearted. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll end with a story. Like, <laughs> some recurring theme that I wanted to bring up during, like, most of my podcasts just to, like, keep things fresh. So, uh, what I, other dude did you meet on Bumble? So, <laughs> I haven't met anyone else on Bumble. Um, I actually just recently came back from a three-day stint in Chicago, and the previous time I went to Chicago, um, coming back from Chicago on the plane, uh, I was sitting beside this this young guy, probably like uh, university age guy, whatever. Um, nothing came of, nothing came of anything. So I just like I don't talk, I don't talk to people on planes. Yeah. I, I hope to God people won't talk to me on a plane, <laughs> right? So this guy sits down, he says hello, whatever, and I say hey, what's up. And then, like, you know, we have a silent plane ride yeah. or whatever. And then, you know, as we're approaching Toronto, you know, we're getting ready to land. Headphones are out. Whatever. Cabin is, like, depressurizing and all that shit. Yeah. Like, you're, you're getting ready to land. Uh, this guy comes back from the washroom and he sits down. And then he reaches into his bag and he pulls out, like, this little bottle of, like, Purell or whatever. Yeah. And he opens this, this thing up. And because of, like, the pressure in, like, the cabin, this shit goes, like, everywhere, yeah. right? And that shit landed on my arm, Yeah. right? And that guy looked so embarrassed. He looked over me and he's like, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. And I'm, I, look, I look over to him and I'm like, oh, I guess I may as well, like, you may as well rub it in for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the most awkward moments I know we all get a little excited on a plane, and that was hopefully the only circumstance in which a guy, like, exploded on me on a plane, yeah. and I asked him to rub it in for me. I hope that's yeah. the only, like, substance that's ever been exploded on you by a guy. I, I can certainly say that is the only time, yeah. unless you count, like, projectile vomit, <laughs> but there's my little story um, about just an awkward homoerotic circumstance that happened to me. <laughs> so, yeah, with that note, um, yes, see you guys next time. Yep. Ciao.